0: We're so, we're so grateful that you are here with us, and we're grateful for our, our friends that are uh, at home online today. Uh, we say good morning to you as well. Uh, we hope that you'll take a moment or two and, uh, and gather your elements for communion as we'll be receiving communion together uh, as a church community today. So not only the people in these four walls, but everywhere you are, uh, if you're online live right now or maybe during the week. So we're so grateful that you have joined us, and we say good morning to you.
1: Our call to worship this morning is taken from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light. You repopulated the nation, you expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence. Festival joy. The joy of a great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings. For a child has been born for us. The gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be amazing counselor, strong God, strong god eternal father and prince of wholeness his ruling authority will grow and there'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings amen jesus you invite us to come and follow you in our world where we are so concerned with right thinking and right action may we remember that you call us to your presence We want to be with you, learn with you, and lead with you. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to see the ways you are leading our lives to greater joy and influence, with and without our knowing. We long for the faith to choose you in all we do. We long to know your voice, hear your invitation, and have the faith to respond. Holy Spirit, if you have an invitation for us, we are listening. Holy Spirit, when you are speaking and when you are silent, we know you are with us. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. God, you multiply our purpose. Show us what is ours to do. Show us where we can show compassion, where we can repair and restore trust, and where we can offer forgiveness. Today, we pray for those who are struggling to find shelter and food this winter. We pray for friends, family, and strangers in crisis. Especially May we follow you as you comfort and heal our world. May it be on earth as As it it is is in heaven. heaven. Amen. Amen. So
0: let's just take a moment and let's take a look around the room and let's give uh, a sign of peace to our family and friends, whether... It's just the sign of peace or maybe the people you came with give them a handshake or a hug. And people maybe you haven't seen in a while wave across the room. The long range peace sign, whatever works for you. Let's offer love and peace to our community, our friends and our family. And as we're doing that, let's go ahead and take the cup and let's remove the Top so that we can get to the bread that we'll be receiving together. Um, and if you don't see um, communion elements near you, uh, or maybe if you need a, a gluten free uh, communion, you can raise your hand uh, and our elders and our, our team can help you if you don't have it there. So I know they'd be glad to help if you need that. But as we did a moment ago, why don't we just take a moment in the silence? just to steady our hearts and to to breathe in the goodness of God and to, as we've been reminded by our awesome teachers in the room, uh, the way that we can do an examine or an examine of our heart is to think of the things that have made us really happy, that have made us feel sunny, and the inside of this past week Or think of the things that have been really difficult, the things that have seemed really cloudy on the inside. And let's think of both these things from the past week. Let's think about the way that our God loves us, and whether they were the best things or the most difficult, let's give them to God today. So let's just take a few moments in the silence to do that. Oh, God, we're so grateful for the way that you love us and that you care about the things that are happening in our lives. You care about the things that are personal, the things that are our family, the things that are about our community, our nation, and our world. And you're with us. And you're with us to bring us peace. And you're with us to bring us strength. And for us to find redemption and then to bring reconciliation to the world. How grateful we are for that great love that you have not only for us, but for all your creation. We thank you, God. And so let's just hold these elements in our hand. And even though these are tiny circles of wafer and some kind of grape juice in a plastic container. Let's imagine that we're with Jesus right now, with Jesus' friends and family, with his disciples. We're sitting around a table, and Jesus, who is about to endure the worst day of his life, wanted to be with his friends and wanted to have a meal with them to show the great love, to show the great camaraderie, and to show that no matter what happens that they and we are together we are an extension of that table and so we have this bread and maybe just take the bread in your hand and imagine that it's a piece of the loaf that Jesus began to tear from that original loaf and Jesus was with his friends and Jesus said to them and says to us as well that he eagerly desires to eat this meal with us. And Jesus reminds us that he wouldn't eat it again until we're with him again. And so Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them all, saying that this is, is my body that's given for you. And when you eat this together, remember me. So can we say, Jesus, we remember you. Jesus, we remember you. And let's take the bread together. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup. And it wasn't a fancy gold cup like you might see in Indiana Jones or something like that. It was a stoneware simple cup, a cup that a carpenter's family would drink from, a cup that's simple like a plastic Ikea cup we might have in our cupboards. And Jesus in the same way after supper took the cup and said this cup is the new covenant which is poured out for you and when you're together and when you drink this cup, remember me remember the love that I'm sharing with you tonight and every morning and every day. And so we remember all that Jesus has done and is continuing to do in our lives. And so we say, Jesus, we remember you. Jesus, we remember you. And let's take this cup together. Oh God, we thank you that you are with us and that your goodness is with us and upon us. Your love is with us and we trust in you this morning and every day. For those of us, God, who find it difficult to trust, we're so grateful that you so kindly and so gently come to us and we come to you. We thank you for your love this morning.
2: I'm here to do the Next Steps News, so welcome to Crossroads. Um, If you are here for the first time, we want to welcome you. If you're online or in person, you can follow this QR code to fill out some contact information so that we can better welcome you to our church. And if you're in person, if you can head back to the Next Steps kiosk, we have a gift for you, and we would love to greet you today. Um, Also, if you have never given us your contact information and you're ready to do that, this is still the way to do that. So, Um, And then we wanted to thank you for attending the Enneagram and Relationships Retreat yesterday. It was beautiful. Over 50 people gathered um, and learned how to better have empathy and to notice the ways that maybe we um, can be set off by people who are different than us. How do we see the world the way other people see it? And it was just great to be online and in person with so many of you. The relationships we have in this place are due to the investment that the people in this place have in having better relationships. So if you ever have thought about coming to retreat and haven't been able to, just know those happen quarterly, um, so you can be on the lookout for the next time you want to join us. And then um, coming up this February, we're going to start a book study for women going through the book, I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet, by Shauna Nequist. And you have two opportunities to join us now. So the first is... Um, A nighttime study that Kelly Finn and I are going to lead for five weeks in a row, from February 7th to March 7th. Um, And then Kathleen is actually going to lead the same book um, during her daytime study in the morning that meets every other week. So depending on what opportunity works best for you, this is a great way to just jump in without a long-term commitment to a group of people, right? Um, Learn a little bit, meet some people. Um, And this book has been really compelling in my life, Um, to remember that I don't have to be the best at everything. It's okay to be a beginner. It's okay to be open to change and actually that God meets us in the changes that are happening in our life. So if you're interested in that, you can sign up online or at the Next Steps kiosk after the service. We also want to let you know that we're recruiting SAS volunteers. Um, And so if you are interested in being an advocate for... um, sexual assault survivors, we would love um, to give you more information. Um, You can call the church during the week. You can go to the Next Steps kiosk to learn more about that. And um, we're in the middle of our Living the Dream series. Um, And this is really, when we started dreaming about this series, we were thinking about how many people... Um, don't have a lot of hope for the American church right now. But here at Crossroads, we have a dream for the church because we see the way you all have been living the dream for the church um, over the last 30 years. And one of those people I'm so grateful to know is Jacques Short, who's going to be coming and preaching a word to us today. Um, So, Jacques, I think it's your turn to come on up. All
3: right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for your leadership. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Hannah. Good morning everyone. It is let me get situated here. It is a privilege and a honor to be before you today to have this opportunity to share the word of God. I enjoy these moments. Um either sharing the word. I love most sharing the word and I love just as equally hearing the word of God. So, um, Awesome. Let's jump right into this today. Because today, um, I want to encourage you from the title, Follow the Dream of God for Yourself. Think about that. Follow the Dream of God for Yourself. And that topic was taken from um, the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter, the 12th through the 23rd verse. And I'm going to read that to you. It starts with the 12th verse reading. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. But instead of going to Nazareth, he went to Capernaum beside the Sea of Galilee in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy. In the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, beside the sea beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee where so many Gentiles live. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadows, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach. Turn from your sins and turn to God because the kingdom of heaven is near. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter, and Andrew, fishing with a net, for they were commercial fishermen. Jesus called out to them, Come, be my disciples, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and went with him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee teaching in the synagogues, preaching everywhere the good news about the kingdom. And he healed people who had every kind of sickness and disease. This passage that we just read or you just heard me read, Um, It points out a few things, but what I would like to bring focus to as well as encourage you with is to follow the dream of God for you. Out of all the things that that passage teaches, that's what I want to bring focus to. So let's talk about some things that this passage teaches us about Jesus' selection and development of leaders. The first thing that this passage teaches us is that he found them, meaning the disciples, in the course of his everyday world, doing the things that they were not only good at, but that also brought joy to their lives, which was fishing, as we saw. We, as children of God, have two primary foundational dreams that we live for. The first foundational dream that we live for, or should live for, most children of God live for is living a spirit filled life being committed to God that's the first foundational dream that we live into the second that we live into as children of Christ children of God is that living into our personal life dreams and that flows from that first one but then on the other hand God has one primary foundational dream for us we have two over here But God has one foundational primary dream for us, and that's accepting him as our Lord and Savior and declaring his word in all our ways and in all that we do. Basically, that's demonstrating the rule, reign, and authority of Jesus Christ in every area of our life. You know what that's called? It's called kingdom living. Kingdom living, which turns into kingdom building. Okay, and that's what God's desire is for us ultimately is that and we have to realize that as we live into God's desire for us that I just stated there, that will flow into our desire for our own personal lives, our dreams for our own personal lives. Why? Because that first dream, that first goal that God has placed in us will run into and flow from all other things. Okay, um god's dream for us will pour over into every dream that we could have for ourselves for example she's used to it because i always pick on her and i know she knew i was getting ready to go there but um kelly my lovely wife over there in in the front um her life dream was dentistry is dentistry That's what she lived into. That's what she has lived into, dentistry. And she's worked in dentistry with DOC, the state of Michigan. And she just loves fixing people's mouth, fixing their teeth, fixing their gums, fixing their bad breath, if it can be fixed. You know, all of that stuff. That's what she loves doing. And that's her life. That's her passion. That was her life dream. Now, on the other hand... She's a believer in Christ, and she follows the word of God, and she embraces his dream. And his dream, she allows to pour into her dream. And that is demonstrating God's rule, reign, and authority in every area of her life. And in this instance, it's in dentistry, where she has the opportunity to talk to people. She has you captive. You're sitting there. You can't do anything but listen. You know, so she has you captive. She can talk to you. She can minister to you, um, even through her love. You know, if you're not know when you should not, yes, she could yank something in there. Oh, you know that changes your response. Not saying she would ever do that, but anyway, um, that's the pulpit that she has, or should I say, the platform that she has. Now, there's a plethora of of different careers and different. Things that we do in life within this room alone, you know? I mean, I won't even try to go through all of those things. But you understand the example I'm making, right? Whatever your calling is, God wants to move through that calling. But but that all starts um, with us following the dream of God for us. Thank you. You read my mind. (laughs) Appreciate it. We've been together so long. She heard me. What I... Thank you, babe. Appreciate that. So let me do this real quick. Mm. All right, let's go. As I was saying, it all starts with us following God's dreams for us, and we can't go any further. I won't go any further because everyone has to have the opportunity. Remember, I said it all starts with us following God's dream for us. Therefore, in order for you to follow the dream that God has for for you, it requires that you be saved. It requires that you have a relationship with the Lord. It requires that you have accepted Christ into your life. So right now, I would be remiss if I didn't give everyone an opportunity to say, Lord, I want you, man. I want to do this i want to I want to try this, you know, even if i don't know what is what it is or what this dude is talking about i, I want it sound good I want to try it, and I can always go back to what I came from you know you can always go back to what you came from, so at this time, if you never accepted Christ in your life and I want to give you the opportunity right now to receive salvation, to receive Christ in your life, to have a relationship with him. However, if you have accepted Christ in your life, and along that line, you know, sometimes we just go our own ways and say, to heck with Christ right now, I don't know what I was doing then. If that's you, whatever that picture looks like, then I want to invite you to join in in, and repeating this prayer with us. However, if you have accepted Christ in your life, and you say, filled with the fire of 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 salvation in you then hey i encourage you too to join in with us and and say this prayer why because it just strengthens your face and your faith in the lord as well i say this prayer all the time me i'm saved once saved always saved whatever your belief is um i pray for salvation every day. Why? Because I'm born into sin and I live in sin and I face sin every single day. I'm not as holy as a lot of other people out here you know, but that's, that's my story. That's me. And I have to fight that. I have to fight it with my mind, which then helps me fight it with my actions, which also helps me fight it through my words, through my conversations. So if that's you, I want everyone to just join in together. Let's, let's just take this time, close our eyes. I'm not going to sucker punch you. And repeat after me, Father God, I believe your word and ask you to forgive and help me to live the life that you desire for me to live. In Jesus' name. I didn't sucker punch you. I didn't ask for your blood because Christ paid it all on a cross. Um you you you're saved everybody who said that you're saved everybody who was saved you're just stronger in your faith because you know that you know that you know that you're saved so i encourage you now to really listen in tune in and embrace the word that jesus has for you this morning um as you read your bible um and talk to the lord each day You will grow in your faith. So that's what I encourage you to do now that you're saved. If you weren't saved before, that's my encouragement to you. Um, Now, I want us all to make a decree for this time that we're going to spend together today. Okay? That we will grow in God's word together. All right? Once again, repeat after me. God, I ask that you encourage, motivate, And lead me to live into the word you are speaking to my heart today of following the dream that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So let's get on. So the question I encourage you to continually ask yourself in order to assess your status is are you following the dream of God for yourself? And if so, what's the evidence? Think about it. Don't don't say it out loud. You don't have to tell nobody this and because it's personal. And if you are, What is the evidence that you're following the dream of God for yourself? Think about it. What are the goals to your dreams? Do they include um, Jesus or give room for Jesus to make any needed changes in your life? Well, the book of James, the fourth chapter in the 13th through the 15th verse, it warns us about um, making and relying on our own plans too firmly and not giving room for the Spirit of God to adjust or even be able to enhance um, those plans. And in the 13th verse, it reads, Look here, you people who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what will happen tomorrow? For your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. It's all about committing to following Jesus. To, following, um, to follow simply means being willing to submit and being willing to obey to his will through faith even when times are difficult and it exceeds our understanding, meaning we don't understand. We really don't understand what Jesus is calling us to. Um, we still follow. Now, when you're doing that, That's how you follow unconditionally. The second area that the passage teaches us, the second thing the passage teaches us is that he called them to accept their leadership potential and become influential leaders. He called the disciples not only to follow him, but to be an original, authentic influencer, influencing others. Basically, he called them to be true OGs. That's what he called them to be. True to their self, you know, true to where they came from, true to what they're headed to. That's what Jesus called them to. I know you're like, you're still stuck on that, right? That messed you up, right? Well, that's what Jesus called them to. That was the, that was the original OG right there. Authentic, authentic influencers. Now, when I say influencers, it was a while back. My wife had me watching some crazy stuff on TV. I'm not the TV guy. But, yeah, I'm blaming you. You know I was going to do it because you can't say anything now because you have to sit there and listen to me. (laughs) It's just like you having people in the chair. (laughs) I'm sorry. I get distracted sometimes. But anyway, um, influencers, several, it was a while back, I forget when, she had me watching this show on TV about influencers. And they had some influencers on there. They were fake influencers. It showed me, you know, something about influencers. But the thing was, they were people who got paid to go on the internet and influence other people. Um, They had hundreds of thousands of followers following them. But the thing is, I said they were fake because their lives was fake. They would go buy clothes from the store, these high-end $4,000 jackets or whatever, And not saying nothing's wrong with it, but if that ain't your lifestyle, don't fake it, you know what I'm saying? If you're going homeless because you bought a $4,000 jacket, something's wrong. Come see me. Come see me, all right? Um, I got some sessions I can have. I think, David, you got some sessions, man? You got some openings? He's a therapist, too. He has some sessions, too. But... They buy these and then they take pictures of themselves and all this, you know, gear because people know it. A lot of it got the brand all over it. You know what I'm saying? So you know it because it's displayed. And then they, they, well, what they do is they tuck the tags, take the pictures, take the clothes off and take it back. Return it and get the money back. I don't understand. I'm sure none of you know about um, buying stuff and tucking the tags and then wearing it to the party and taking it back. We would never do that. But I'm saying this is what the influencers do, right? I'm not, I'm not saying nothing's against that, but I'm saying it's a fake life. And then they would, they would also go into uh, car dealerships and drive a car, a high-end car dealership, take a car out for a ride and take pictures in it like it was their car, you know? And they got the windows down and, you know, hand, head out the window and all of that, like it was their car. Or they would stand in the front of a car in the car lot, you know, where it's got the emblem, the Mercedes or the Bentley or whatever the emblem was, and they on it like it was theirs. And people would follow this stuff And I mean, this is the one that really got me. They would fake the funk like they had uh, their own personal planes, their own personal charter planes. And this was crazy. They would um, go for a photo shoot. And in this photo shoot, it was a chair there. And then it was a, a toilet seat, the white toilet seat. They would hang it right here like they're sitting right there next to the... And then on the other end of the toilet seat, they would have a picture That's attached to it. So when you look out the window, it looks like you're looking at something beautiful, you know, and then they would have this glass, their um, toasting glass, um, and they got whatever in it, whether it be Kool-Aid or whatever, but you think it's, you know, the high end stuff. So they got the glass and they're cheesing, you know, next to the window and all. And it's nothing but a toilet seat, you know what I'm saying? But everybody thinks that's true and everybody thinks that's real. And they're influencing people to look at it, look at their lifestyles. Lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? Well, you have influencers, fake, and then you have that versus the real. They were the fake ones, but we as believers in Christ should strive to be authentic influencers for Christ. And not deceiving or fake influencers. That's not what it's all about. Who influences you? Who do you follow? We all follow somebody. You can't sit there and say nobody. I tried to do that when I was putting this sermon together and the spirit of God called me out. He said, you liar. Yeah, he called me a liar. He said, you liar. You do follow somebody. I'm like, no, I don't. He said, this is just me and my relationship with God. Don't hate on me. All right. So I said, no, I don't. He said, yes, you do. He said, who you be on the internet looking for tickets to go to and take your wife to all the time? Sade, that's who you follow. All right, I got it. Yeah, all right, you got me. You got me. So we all follow someone you just have to look at from a different perspective. You may not follow them like I'm explaining here, but we all have somebody that we're following, whether you believe it or like it, um, talk to God about it. He can explain it to you a lot better than I can, um, because he knows. I was so curious about this follower-influencer thing, so what I did is I decided to research who has the most Twitter followers. Um, And it showed me a list as of November 30th, 2022, the top eight. And it was President Barack Obama was the first one, our past president, The second one was Elon Musk, a CEO, inventor, and an entrepreneur. The third one was Justin Bieber, a singer. Um, Fourth was Katy Perry, a singer. The fifth was a singer, Rihanna. And the sixth was um, Cristiano Ronaldo, the world famous soccer footballer, a.k.a. soccer player. Um, Taylor Swift was seven, and a singer, she's a singer, Um, Many of you may know or may not know. And then the eighth was a singer, also a big follower, has a a huge following, is Lady Gaga. (laughs) You got to say it like that when you say her name. Um, They are all real influencers and not fake because they are living real lives. But the next level influencer is an authentic influencer who is following the dream of God for them. I'll say that again because you probably got lost. The next level influencers who God has called you to be is an authentic influencer who is following the dream of God that God has for them. That's the next level influencer. Jesus expects that we will follow him willingly, loyally, obediently, and fully. Christ followers do not belong to themselves, but we live to honor Jesus, the Holy One, who tells us, follow me. The third and final area, that um, third and final thing that Jesus called his disciples in, out for in uh, the passage of Matthew is that he called those who were willing to commit. Look at the disciples commit, the disciples who committed to the call. We have Simon, Peter, and Andrew committed by leaving their careers. They were commercial fishermen. While James and John committed by leaving their family, left, they, they left their father in the boat. Um, that's not mentioning the family they might have had at home. They just outright left. Read that passage and, and just think about it. You know, put yourself in their shoes. Jesus calls you. Do you just get up and say, yes, I will, I will go? Or do you say, I will, but I got to take care of this first. I will, but I got to tell my wife first. I will, but I got to get permission from my wife first. I will, but I got to do this or that. You know, no. They said, I will, and they got up, and they went. I believe that when you commit God to God's dreams for you, he will commit to helping you to navigate your personal life dreams. Um, in my career, and, and as I sum it up here, in my career, I had a point that I only, well, I grew up as a boxer. Um, A lot of people knew me, know me, and knew me in the sport of boxing. Um, My goal was to be a world champion. Um, Obviously, I didn't achieve that goal, but that was my goal, to be a professional world champion. And I knew all that I had to do as an amateur in order to put me in that position. And I did everything that I had to do except win an Olympic gold medal. Everything else I'd done, rankings, did that. Um, captain of the USA team did that. Travelled to many countries representing the United States, did that. Um, won major tournaments, did that. But I, um, the only thing I didn't do was was win an Olympic title. So I was in a position to be a, a world champion. Because in my mind, as a kid, I said, "If I do," and I wrote it out. I got to do this. Check. I had a checklist of everything I had to achieve. I did it. Um, I had coaches and managers calling me in order to get me to sign with them. And I worked with them. Thing, Long story short is when I turned pro, um, I was de- I w- you have to go through medical testing and all of that. And you have to be approved um, medically that you can go professional. Well, during that time, they found that I had a detached retina. And then after the testing and the um, diagnosis, it got worse meaning my sight was like gone in one eye totally. And at that time, they said, we can't restore it. We can only stop it where it's at. So the doctor gave me a choice. He said, you can either continue with what you're doing, the lifestyle you have, and lose your eyesight potentially, or you can stop doing the lifestyle you have and keep your eyesight. And then maybe one day, years later, there may be a cure for it. What did I do? Talk to my wife about it. And our decision was, we're not going to go forward with this. We're going to stop and we're going to keep eyesight. Um, so I decided to stop and keep my eyesight. After that, what I'm getting to is that I never knew any other job. I never knew anything else because all I did in my life, I, I promise you, all I ever did was box. That's all I knew was boxing. So I never worked in McDonald's. I never worked in a business. I never shadowed. I never did all of that. So I had to find a job that fits me and that I like doing. So long story short, one year in this process, praise God for this lady because she put up with a lot dealing with me. She went through a lot. That's a praying woman. Gotta be. Gotta be. Um, but one year I brought home about 20, we say 20 W-2s. That means This kid had 20 jobs that he quit. Why did he quit? Because I can't do anything that I don't appreciate or or that I don't find value in. So every job I did, I didn't find value in. So did God give me those jobs? Probably. He opened the door and and allowed me to go get them. But I'm like, well, if I don't like it, why am I here? He said, well, quit. So I quit. So I had 20 jobs that I quit. Now, did we have it like that? No. (laughs) No. We were a struggling couple at the time, um, but I quit. And what happened was that even though I wasn't led to the jobs that were for me, I was allowed to see the, what was not for me and what God didn't have for me through going through that process. So when I saw that it wasn't for me, that allowed me to move into what God had for me and move into the path of mental health therapy career development those are things that i love those are conversations i love listening to and having so that's where i moved in i never thought about that before but only because i tried everything i was a everything i was a lumberjack i was a security guard i was a chef i was a baker i was a candlestick maker I was everything, you name it. But the reason I say that is following the dreams of God for you is not always an easy thing. Realize that successful people fail, but they have what is is called staying power. They refuse to quit. So whatever you're coming up against, you need that staying power. Refuse to quit. Refuse to give up in living into what God has for you. Um, It ain't going to be a pretty thing. What God calls you to, the road is not pretty getting there. I'm not even going to paint that picture and tell you that lie. It wasn't for me. It might be for you because you're different. You do things, you know, wiser than I did. But, you know, it might be. But then again, this is the world that we live in. The devil doesn't want you pleased with doing what God wants you to do. The devil doesn't want you to prosper in what God wants you to do. So why will he make the world easy for you without offering a challenge? So re- regardless of the road you follow and the dream of God for you, I encourage you to remain in, in enthusiastic faith as you remember Romans 8 and 31. What can we say about all this? If God is on our side... Can anyone be against us? Hey, with God on your side, you can't lose. I want you to know, not only to know and not only see, but to believe that nothing is too difficult because we, the Bible tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I don't know what you're facing in your life today, but I believe God wants you to succeed in anything you're doing to follow the dream of God for your life. Bless you. Your mic's off.
2: (laughs) I got the green light. Um, Thank you, Jacques. I really appreciate the way that when you preach there is energy, there is conviction, And it is always clear to me a next step where God is taking us. So we're just going to take a few moments to reflect on the things that Jacques has said to us. And we're actually going to do that partially through a video of Peggy Searles, the director
3: of our food pantry. Hi, Crossroads. My name is Peggy Searles. I've been actively attending Crossroads for roughly 10 years now. As you may or may not know, I am director of the food pantry. This is a ministry that my my husband and my family helped me lead, and it's been a huge blessing for us. I've been asked to talk a little bit about why I love Crossroads and why I love the food pantry ministry. Um, Why I love Crossroads is that I'm surrounded by people who put their faith in motion, that are the hands and feet of Jesus, and go out and love their neighbor. And that inspires me weekly, daily. I also love that we challenge each other. We, we challenge ourselves out of love by loving one another. And it makes us grow. And it makes us continue to be better. And that is an environment I want to be in. And it's an environment I want my family to be involved with. Um, I've been volunteering, or I had been volunteering at the Food Pantry for many years, several years before um, I stepped up as director, and during the time prior, I always had a tug at my heart to have more responsibility, to step up in a new way, and I ignored it for so long. and then as God tends to do, he'll only let you ignore something for so long. And um, during a very spontaneous and casual conversation with Pastor Claire, uh, early summer in 21, I was, I was afforded this opportunity um, to step up into the director role and it, it's been awesome. My hope for Crossroads is that we continue to grow and continue to challenge ourselves. We continue to love our neighbor. As for Food Pantry in 23, um, I just I want to hear God's voice for the ministry and I want to act when he's tugging at my heart and see where that leads us and just continue to be good stewards of this resource, um, the financial resources, and the, the food resources that we've been afforded and distribute those out of love.
2: Amen. Thank you, Peggy. So you've heard two examples already. Jacques' story of coming out of boxing and having to make decisions. um, And Peggy's story of God tugging at her heart about the food pantry. Two very different people, two very different situations. And I don't know where you are today or what the invitation from God right now to follow him in a new way might look like. Um, But how beautiful is it that God has a dream for your life? right, to follow the dream of God for life, we have to accept that God has a dream for us. And I learned in the Enneagram workshop yesterday that um, the best way to incite anger in me is to have a plan for my life. (laughs) Like that really bothers me. Um, And I know that God has a plan for my life, but like to have a dream for my life to dream with me, as Jacques said, to lead me into greater joy and influence. Like, that's the dream. How beautiful that God is dreaming about you. And I don't know where you are uh, right now, but maybe there is something in your life where you feel like um, your life, this part of your life, is something that God dreamed up. Like, it couldn't have fallen into place without God's presence. It couldn't have worked. Whether it's your career, whether it's family, whether it's a situation in your life where you were in crisis and you're not anymore, where is a place in your life where you can acknowledge, like, God dreamed something for me, and that's why I'm here. And... Some of you might be saying, I don't know. <laughs> That's not my life story right now. I'm not living this dream that you're talking about. What is an area in your life, and I think we can all probably name one, where you're hoping God has a dream? Like, you're begging God to have a dream for this area in your life, right? Um, it's not always just walking into the dream, um, Where is a place in your life, like Peggy mentioned, where there's just this nudge, right? Have you ever had a space where God nudged you, and then all of a sudden there's like this opportunity, this conversation with Claire Lowridge, maybe, (laughs) that confirms that this thing is not just a feeling you have, but an opportunity that God is creating for you. So let's just take a moment to reflect whichever of those questions stood out to you. Um, reflect on what God might be inviting you to this week. God, we thank you that you have a dream for our lives. And if we can accept that right now or not. um, God, we pray that we would be able to live our lives this week in a way that helps us to see um, your faithfulness to us, your generosity to us. Would we have our eyes out for the ways um, that you are dreaming about our life? And would we be willing maybe for the first time to start dreaming too? God, dreams are so scary. Um, I love the line in the song earlier about... um, Here are my dreams, so please be gentle. God, we're so grateful that you are a gentle God. So in the places where we're living the dream, we praise you. In the places where we're hoping you have a dream for us, speak to us. And in the places where we can take action to respond to the nudges and opportunities in our life, God, give us the courage to be faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Please rise for the benediction. Go forth now as God's servant. Remember God's presence often throughout the week and draw strength and knowledge that the one who calls and sends also sustains. Thank you so much for joining us this week. See you next Sunday.